What's going on, everyone? This is DJ Magic Hat, also known as Blake, and you're listening to Behind the Board. And I have a new guest, and his his name is Jordan Garrett, also known as DJ Big Sandwich. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my guy. <laughs> Let everyone know you're here. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, I'm Jordan, uh, or is um, <laughs> Big Sandwich? Yeah, big Sandwich. <laughs> DJ Big Sandwich. I like him. What is the why Big Sandwich? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting, uh, I think Matt or Kent sent out the uh, hoodie order form, and I was sitting there wondering, oh, what should I put on it? So I submitted it four times, and the f- after they were like, really, you want to put Embry Riddle on your hoodie? I was like, oh, you know what, right, yeah, I probably don't want to do that. So I was like, uh, I don't know, and I was eating a sandwich at the time, so I was like, Big sandwich. Oh, that'll work. <laughs> DJ Big Sandwich. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So uh, just give us a little bit of background. So like, tell us like your major here at the school, Embry-Riddle, and then tell us about your show because you are a radio host. My major is aviation maintenance science with a concentration in avionics, cyber engineering. Uh, and my show is The Blur, where I usually focus on... Uh, music genres like shoegaze, dream pop, ambient, post-rock. But lately, I've been finding myself getting kind of bored with just playing those genres. So I've kind of been switching it up to just be uh, whatever, as long as it's not stuff you usually hear on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then alongside that show, I do what's called the Blur Artist Series, where I interview artists, bring them on the show, and they bring a playlist of music that... Um, has either inspired their most recent work or is inspiring what they're working on. And we listen to the music together and I interview them. And we talk about how the music helped their production writing process. And it's really, it's just a standard interview show, but with the inclusion of music. Wow. That that was a lot. Could you just go into a little bit of detail about like the genres that you like usually play like dream pop and stuff and like kind of give us like examples of that? So shoegaze is a genre that originated in the, uh, 80s, late 80s, um, really came into popularity with a band from Scotland called My Bloody Valentine. And what they did was, uh, he was, Kevin Shields, the main guy in My Bloody Valentine, I believe he was, he was bored with just the normal way his guitar sounded. So he just put reverb on top of reverb, on top of reverb, on top of delay, on top of fuzz, and uh, created these huge walls of sound that, um, I've got a buzzing in my Oh, it's gone. Uh, <laughs> created these huge walls of sound that completely overwhelmed the listener. Uh, kind of like, uh, uh, like I don't know. When like you hear an airplane go off next to you and it completely overwhelms you and like all your senses just go numb. It's, it's kind of, t- for me, that's what it does to me. But uh, it was just a new style of uh, making music. And then Dream Pop uh, came out of that around the same time. And it's taking uh, guitars and synths and drums and giving them this dreamy, airy texture to them, uh, which hence the name Dream Pop. Um, some bands, examples of shoegaze, My Bloody Valentine, uh, Kinoko Teikoku from Japan's a popular one, Ride, Slow Dive are the ones people usually know. Um, then Dream Pop's like Beach House, M83. I think I know of M83. You probably do. I, so prob- I like go. Do, 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 do. 
<laughs> that, that, uh, that album is highly shoegaze and dream pop influenced. Uh, and but before that, they did a lot of straight dream pop synthwave stuff. Nice. And then you said you do a lot of interviews. So who are who are like the artists you've interviewed so far? Because that's I'm a little bit curious about that one. So my first artist was this came out of the coronavirus because um, I was running out of not really running out of ideas, um, but. Uh, I was I was emailing artists asking, hey, do you have any upcoming singles that you'd like to play, have played on the radio? And uh, one of these guys from a band in Denmark called Cloudwalk, Cloud Walk, he emailed me back. He's like, yeah, absolutely. I've got a new single from an upcoming album right here. And oh, by the way, can we do an interview on your show? I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, <laughs> and I have, I used to run a blog way back in the day in t- early late 2009 late 2000 early 2010s before i hit college the first time and i would interview authors and voice actors from anime i did not tucker max ashton spencer who did the movies monsters ball and stay a bunch of anime voice actors so i figured oh if i could do it when i was like 16 17 i can do it now um so i had brett toodle of cloudwalk come on the show and we did our first interview and at that point i was like uh-oh, I'm definitely not ready for this. I didn't prepare any questions. Um, I didn't really do any research. So the interview was just kind of winging it. Um, and it wasn't my proudest moment, but it turned out well. And then after that, I had a guy from Greece. Uh, I met him on an online message board. Uh, I liked his music, so I asked him if he wanted to be on the show. And he came on the show, and that was a... Again, I winged it, um, even though I shouldn't have... And then the third time, I winged it again with a band from Chicago called Muted Color, uh, who's pretty big up-and-coming act. Um, and that was even more difficult because instead of one person, it was four four or five, I forget. Four so f- like, like the whole band almost? The whole band oh, was on Discord. Okay. And um, that w- I'd never done more than one person at the same time, so that was difficult. And then finally, I, it got through my head, oh, maybe I should start preparing for these interviews. <laughs> So I had a guy named Hainali from Ukraine on the show, and he's someone I know from way back when SoundCloud first started. Uh, he was uploading music back then, um, and we'd talked a long time ago, way back then, and uh, I'd kept in not so quite often contact with him. So I was like, hey, you've got a new album coming out. Can I do an interview on the show with you? And he said, absolutely. So I spent the whole week researching all his all the music he's been making um, and all the books and inspirations he's been posting on Instagram. And I got to tell you, when he sent me the list of music he wanted to play alongside the show, I struggled because it's all Latin and Italian songs from medieval and way, way, <laughs> way back when era. <laughs> and any information you want on that music, it's not in English. Oh geez. So all this, all this research and uh, scholarly articles on that stuff, uh, uh-uh. like some, like some Baroque stuff, like really old, like Latin, Italian, yeah. like like old concert, like hall music. S- yep, like stuff that was composed for church, but it wasn't secular. So it was okay. non secular church compositions. They use the church to get the textures and uh, the moods for the atmosphere mm-hmm. and stuff like that, um, and. So I'm reading through all this. I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to do this interview? <laughs> and it turned out well. Um, 
the hardest okay. part of doing an interview, and I'm sure you can attest to this, is figuring out what to ask people. Yeah. Yeah, like, I have, like, a bunch of, like, sample questions, obviously, but like, I, most of the time I try to go off what other people are saying for their answers oh, and then yeah. get, like, a little bit more, like, draw that out, kind oh, of more yeah. of a conversational type piece. And I, on, off of that, there was my interview yesterday, the newest one I did with Ozzy Sosuga from the Japanese Dream Pop Shoegaze Band for Tracy Hyde. They've got a new album coming out next week, uh, and so I was interviewing him, and I ran out of questions. <laughs> and it becomes very obvious um, near the end of the interview uh, because I, I start there starts to be longer pauses in between his responses and my next question. Because I'm sitting there, I'm on my phone, I'm like, uh-oh, I've run out of questions. So I'm while he's talking or while we're listening to the music, I'm thinking of new questions. And I can't think of anything because I've asked all the good questions. And then it gets even worse while we're listening to the second to last song of the day. He messaged me on Discord, and he goes, oh, sh we just got hit by a huge earthquake. <laughs> so I'm sitting there staring at the Discord screen. The music's gone out of my head. I'm not even paying attention anymore. I'm holding my breath real big, looking at my phone, because my fiance is also in Japan. She's like, we're getting hit by a huge <laughs> earthquake. Oh, my I'm God. Like, and I'm holding my breath, and he's like, oh, it's over. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, an, it's an adrenaline rush. All this, all, all this stress has come over me and then gone, and my mind is now blank. So the rest of the interview is just like, it's worse than my first interviews when I didn't prepare because <laughs> because like you didn't have any questions and he's all like oh by the way I'm being hit by a natural yeah. disaster can <laughs> yeah. you give me like five minutes <laughs> and they're like what please yeah um, and like half your questions are are you okay what happened <laughs> yeah. what, what's going on you say you got hit by an earthquake and he's like oh you know uh, we, we do live in Japan so it happens quite often I was like yeah no crap <laughs> I think I think I've only been in an earthquake when I was really little, so I don't even like remember. I've I don't think I've really ever like fully experienced an earthquake. And every time people said there was an earthquake, like I never felt anything. No, because it's like it's like a two, so like you might feel it if you like really like lay on the ground exactly. or something. The only I lived in Japan for a year and a half, uh, most recently. That was the last time I lived there, and my first that was my first earthquake. Even though I like four years total, I've been there. But I was driving along, driving on the road, and the car starts to shake. And I'm like, oh, it's just the roads, no big deal. And I get home, my friends are like, did you feel that earthquake? I'm like, that was an earthquake? <laughs> I'd always wanted to feel an earthquake. <laughs> and that was the most anticlimactic earthquake, earthquake I've ever been in. To be fair, I would rather be in an anticlimactic After, earthquake yes, than being one where you're like, huh, that's weird. The ground is tearing <laughs> apart. <laughs> that's that's not, weird. My house is falling over. Yeah, huh. that's awful. You've been around a lot, though. Mm -hmm. You've traveled a lot. So where are the places you've traveled to? Uh, let's see. Um, so I'll take you on a world tour. I started out in Chicago, Illinois with boot camp, then went to Dahlgren, Virginia for uh, radar technician training, then went to Sasebo, Japan for my first duty station, lived there for about three years. While there, went to Australia, Malaysia, Thailand, Hong Kong, Guam, uh, Singapore, no, that was later, um, Korea, yeah, I think that's about that, and then they moved me to San Diego, and then I went to most of those countries again, plus Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, Dubai, 
Guam. And then I went wow. back. Then I went to Alaska. <laughs> and then as soon as I got off the plane, I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> All right. So I started looking for a job. And six months later, I went back to Japan. And then I came here to wonderful, beautiful Daytona Beach. Wow. That is a – that passport must be, like, full of just stamps. It's, it's like, crazy. It's time to renew. Yeah. So that's – and you travel to most of those places because you're in the service, correct? Yeah, I was in the Navy. The Navy? Well, I'm sure you get it sometimes, but I do want to thank you for that, for your service and appreciate going it. out and traveling the cool you're places. You're welcome for my service. <laughs> <laughs> what is a – like, when you went, I guess, like, in a musical sense, was it like, when you went to these places, did you find – like, was there, like, a lot of street artists, like, on the street playing music in these countries, too? Because I know here in America, like, you sometimes see the occasional guy with, like – um, you know, the guitar, or like uh, with the trumpet. I know when I was back at home during high school, I'd go on the street and play my saxophone just because, just for fun. So, like, it's, just, it's like the same, like, everywhere else, too, where they have that kind of, like, culture, like the street artists and the street performers, like, mu- musical-wise. So it's interesting you bring that up because the first street artist I ever saw, I was 20 years old. I was in, uh, I just got out of boot camp, and I went to visit downtown Chicago with a buddy who we were in school together. Um, and there was this dude playing guitar on the street in Chicago and I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, and then I started, started hanging around those types of people cause my buddy played guitar and he did it sometimes too. And so that was really my first exposure to street musicians. But then when I went overseas to Japan, they are all over the place and really? they are good. Like these are, they have like CDs you can buy and, um, some people they're just out there singing karaoke on the street. They have a little amp hooked up to a microphone, hooked up to a little like uh, a TV with a karaoke like a karaoke machine. Yeah, all <laughs> not like not like that. I mean, that's obviously a thing over there in Japan in the bars, but they're singing on top of other songs. Oh, okay. But they're they're doing the karaoke without the words. Oh, and you just you just walk by and you're like, how can they do that, man? I don't have the I don't have the the balls to I don't stand either. in front of people. I don't even do have. That. I have to be. I have to be really hammered to start doing yeah. karaoke. <laughs> I, I, you get me in a bar. I'm the first one. I'm the first one on the mic, man. I <laughs> I've been told I'm a pretty good singer, and uh, apparently it shows when I do karaoke. The more drunk I get, the less good I get. But uh, <laughs> outside of Japan, I never Thailand maybe um, some street musicians in Bangkok, but uh, Middle East no. Um, Australia, I mean, it was only maybe in Perth, but not really in Darwin because n- no one lives in Darwin. It's kind of the <laughs> middle of nowhere. No, mostly just Japan, I think, because uh, the music culture in Japan is huge. Everyone wa- everyone loves music, and apparently, everyone, uh, from my observation, everyone's good at singing. No one's a bad singer unless they're really smashed, but... Like every every performer that's sang, like they were pretty good. Yeah, like just like a per, not not like like amazing, but you're like, oh wow, like they have a pretty good voice. Yeah, I was, I was in Fukuoka on vacation, and I was it was like one o'clock in the morning. I was just walking around looking for the next bar to go to, and um, I'm not an alcoholic. I just really like going to bars in Japan as a sure. great bar. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. sure. Um, and I'm walking around and I. I I'm walking across the bridge to go from Hakata to Nakasu, which is a little island in the middle of the city. Um, and on the bridge, there's this group of kids singing and playing guitar. 
and they got one of the guys on the those little box things you hit called yeah the I I know what you're talking jambonis about. or whatever yeah I don't know um so I I sat down uh went to went to the convenience store bought a beer and sat down and started listening to the music and uh they were like and we started talking and I was like hey can I see your guitar <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure. So I started playing Wonderwall. <laughs> oh man, uh, but uh, it's just the these are like 18, 7, 16, 17, 18 year old kids who want to do nothing more than uh, sing and play music. And um, I've been following them on Instagram. That was like two years ago now. And one of the dudes is releasing singles now. Dyed his hair blonde, and then the girl, she did like. Uh, Japan-wide tour kind of thing, and uh, she went to some Middle Eastern or African country and did some singing there and volunteer mm-hmm. work there or something. And I don't know, street musicians or something else, man. Do you think your time, especially like in Japan, since there's a lot of street musicians, do you think that time meeting street musicians and seeing them and like traveling to Japan has in- influenced? your like musical like preferences or taste or like look out or like maybe like your opinion on music the more like you met them or like you know i'm just trying to get like a feel of what like your like opinion of music and like genres and tastes kind of are because like your show's about dream pop and all that stuff and you were talking about a lot of like more european um bands so my music taste comes from the I'll take you back. So I was a kid. Uh, my parents were pretty pretty religious. So we listened to a lot of Christian rock and uh, Christian rap, like Toby Mac, back in the day. So I'd always been into like alternative rock kind of stuff. But back then, it was always religiously themed. Um, I'm not knocking. There's a lot of good musicians in those areas. But um, it was like 2008, 2009 when I entered my last first few years of high school like 2005 2006 and i started watching anime and at uh, when i started watching anime i'd come across a website called 4chan uh may not have the best reputation but it is what it is and there's a board on there so focused solely on music and i started listening to what they called MuCore because mu is the name of the board stands for music and i just found all this weird stuff this weird super indie out there and then I just that's where I found shoegaze and from there my music taste just evolved I started soaking up everything I could get downloading music every day for hours and I spent all my summers and days off school in my room and never left so it was always uh, soaking in new music Um, and then when I started watching anime I started getting into Japanese music Uh, and then from there it just took off and then I think when it was Three or four years ago, when I got back into shoegaze, because I dropped out of it for a long time because it wasn't interesting, and then it just hit me again at a certain point in my life where uh, it became like a new favorite of mine. And then I'd say around two years ago, my music genres, you know, pretty much stuck with me, and they're not gonna change anytime soon because mm-hmm. I'm getting old, man. Your opinions, your stuff. Yeah, old people you started their opinions. You started to get really stubborn the older you get because you're like, oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like, gonna change. What is this young Zoomer music? This is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but <laughs> but since I was already I already had my set favorite genres, like I know 
off off as soon as the song starts if I'm gonna like it or not just based off the the sound and the texture so with these street artists you know they're playing like um like pop type music uh acoustic pop stuff like that like yeah I mean I appreciate it for what it is I appreciate and I'm I I'm astonished by their skills but it's not like something I would mm-hmm. go out and listen to um but yeah. if it came on the radio I would I wouldn't be like Ugh. oh <laughs> Yeah. That's fair. So I do want to like kind of backpedal back onto your radio show. Mm. And you recently won the Yarwood for the fall 2020 semester. And for the listeners who don't know, the Yarwood is an award we give to the show, to the radio show with the best, the show's the best quality programming. And my man, Big Sandwich over here, <laughs> uh, for the blur Stop. won, <laughs> he, for the blur won the Yarwood. And I just want to go like, I guess I give a little bit of detail of the show that you submitted to like for the award and like i just like want to know like your feelings about that because you you like look really shaken when they announced your name for the yarwin just kind of like your feelings for that so that was a show i did with the ukrainian composer hinali and that's the one i did all the research on and was struggling with the research because it was all in barely any of it was in english so um i had a feeling i was like you know what this is going to be the one i've i've since joined in wicked i I wanted to win some kind of award. Can't win the, can't win the podcast award. Um, I'm not gonna win the DJ award. So I figured, oh, I'll shoot for the Arwood award. Uh, and I want to do it just once. So I'd put. It's not like I didn't. I don't put anything into all my recordings. It was. Mm-hmm. It was just happened to be that one when it when I started to really research and prepare for my interviews, um, and since that was the best one I did that semester since all the others were me learning how to interview and realizing what I was doing wrong. I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll submit it, see what happens. Um, so yeah, I didn't think I was going to win. Honestly, I thought Kohler, you were going to win cause you've been here forever and you've got memory loss. She's a she shanty show. I was like, it'd be quite funny if he won for she shanties. <laughs> I, a little part of me was really hoping like every time I submitted, I'm like, gosh, it would just be just like, just for the meme, just one time. Absolutely. Please. I think, I think memory loss could definitely win, uh, a Yarwood. Oh, you guys are that? pretty funny. Oh, thank you. Um, no one ever really says it to our face. Oh. <laughs> They're always like, I, yeah, your show's okay. I guess. I don't know. The other <laughs> night I was, I had it, I had it on in the kitchen. I was cooking and Connor starts talking and I just sighed. Because every time he talks, man, it's just like, <sighs> yeah, that's Connor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I was shaken up because my when they announced it, um, I wasn't planning on winning. So I didn't really even prepare a speech or anything. Uh, so they announced it, and I, I got a bit teary-eyed, and I was shaken up because um, recently my fiancé was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, so, geez. and you know, school's ramping up again, and mm-hmm. you know, I have all this stress and stuff. And normally, I like to tell myself I operate well under high stress conditions, but it's just everything's been coming to a a point where you just want to break down and cry. Um, so I guess that was that point. Uh, I was finally like, so something good happened. So, um, and then, yeah. So, and I had to. I think it was Cole. Cole came up to me, gave me a big hug, and I just I just want to shout out Cole because um, he's been nothing but a great guy. When when he found out that my fiance had cancer, he was the first one to come up to like message me and be like, "Hey man, are you okay?" 
and he would talk to me. He's like, if you ever need anything, um, but not even just cold though, really all the wicked. Uh, I know this, this show is about me, but I mean, I just have to thank all the wicked because everyone's here has been like a brother. Um, mm-hmm. I know when I came in, I was kind of like a, a bat out of hell because I instantly forced myself into people's cliques and niche groups. <laughs> Cause I'm like a 30 year old dude hanging around with 18 year olds. <laughs> I don't know how to make friends. Uh, it's different in the military. What's going on, <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo? How hey, is it, little kids? How is it popping? Like you're just like walking. It was like, all right, man. Yeah, uh, you know, the, in the military, it's it's easier to make friends, but because uh, you're forced to be with people 24/7. Right. So uh, just everyone in Wicked, you know, eventually they figured out what I was all about. Um, and I'd say most people. I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to assume most people enjoy having me around. I try to be a nice guy. I try to uh, be friends with everybody. It's not always easy, but I do my best. Um, and I'd just like to say Wicked has been the one of the greatest things that has happened to me at college so far. Um, Dang, I, I was yeah. going to ask you, my like like kind of like last question was, what does Wicked mean to you since you love the like your radio show so much and stuff like that? But you kind of just answered it. A little bit. It's, you know, when I applied to Embry-Riddle, the first thing I did was I went online and looked at what clubs it offered. And I saw mm-hmm. it had a radio show. And I, I said to my friend, I was like, you know what? I bet no one's playing the music I listen to. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got it. I'm like, yep, I'm going to I'm gonna start a radio show. So I joined Wicked and I started playing my music. And it, it's something I always wanted to do. Even way back when, when internet radio first started, you mm-hmm. could you could host your own. You could set up a server in your own room, and run a a radio show. So I used to do that. I'd play anime music and video game music, uh, and uh, I'd always wanted to do it like on the actual radio. So yeah. I finally got my chance here, and that was pretty cool. Um, but I like to joke on my radio show. I like to be like. Hey, you're listening to The Blur, the radio show you turn off after two minutes of listening to it. Because <laughs> honestly, if you're not into shoegaze or dream pop, especially shoegaze, and you're going to turn that crap off because it's just so... It's so out there. It's out there. Like um, you, kind of reflects your personality. A right. Abra- <laughs> abrasive and sometimes obnoxious and overly loud. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. I mean, so like... That that music, that genre of shoegaze and dream pop, like that really has a big connection for you, right? Like, what is that like really like? You know what I mean? Because some people have like the, they you have like your favorite genre, and like that genre of music is like something that people really hold like special to their hearts. Yeah, and I try to, I've asked myself that question as well. Why am I so attached to it? And I don't really know why. Because when I was younger, like the music I'm really attached to, I can rattle off any lyric to any song with bands like Coldplay or Radiohead or um, a smaller band called The Antlers. It was, it's all this you know, like acoustic, pop, indie, uh, alternative rock stuff. And then Shoegaze is just like, why am I attached to that? And I guess I really like the melancholy because a lot of it's really melancholy and mm-hmm. uh, dark. Um, but I like that kind of stuff. And then... If you look on the complete opposite side of the pond, Japanese shoegaze, which is more uh, melody on top of noise, whereas Western shoegaze is focused more on textured noise. Um, you get more happy or like not so melancholy stuff. And 
I don't know. It depends on the mood I'm in, but I don't know why there's a connection there. I think it just was something that hit at the right time, the right place. All right. Yeah, I can I can see that because I know I always ask myself that question, and people ask me that question all the time. Why, why are you so addicted to sea shanties? Sea shan- why am I addicted to sea shanties? Well, I will say I always like as a kid. You know, I think almost every kid loves pirates, and uh-huh. I don't think any. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's like pirates suck. Like I never met anyone <laughs> that said that. Everyone's always like, "Yeah, pirates well, are kind of cool." Maybe the maybe the army guys in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean they might think pirates. Yeah, suck. those guys. Yeah, okay, maybe British people might think they <laughs> suck, but Americans <laughs> think pirates are cool. Boy, pirates <laughs> suck. <laughs> so, and I like I play. It's sad because, like, really the only sea shanty experience I really got at the first time was Assassin's Creed Black yeah, Flag, yeah, which yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. like, in that time period, like, Probably I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are like, wow, this game is fun because I'm a pirate. Like, this music is cool and fun to sing. And, like, I just, it's just fun. Like, to me, I just have a fun time. And it's really, like, the meaning behind a lot of the songs is, like, just kind of the struggles and the life out at sea mm-hmm. like you listen to some of these songs and, like some of them are fun and talk about drinking and like you're like oh yeah that's sick and some of them are are kind of sad like a lot of a lot of them are like kind of sad and they're just about kind of like the struggles and and like death out out at, at sea and yeah. you're just like because at first you're like singing into it and you're like yeah i'm a pirate and you really start listening you're like wow that must have sucked like oh i'm a pirate <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it has like a lot of like deep emotion into it that uh-huh. i don't think a lot of songs always have and it's just like a folk like I'm not really a big folk music person, but there are a few folk songs when they like really hit with the motion that I like really draw onto and sea shanties for me it's like because it's not just like one person singing, it's like a whole group of people. And like most people on Pirates there's like at least like some people have like a hundred people. Mm-hmm. So you have one guy that would really start the singing and then you have a hundred people join you in chorus and like it's like a shared like experience and emotion. Kinda like I mean, like, when you're all on a pirate ship, you're all forced to hang out with each other, kind of like in a lot of situations, like in the military and stuff, too. Oh, we're just modern-day pirates. Don't don't, uh, yeah. don't look at it any other way. Modern-day pirates. We have our own she shanties, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so that's what really gets me is just kind of like this, I don't know, it's like a weird, like, atmosphere that you definitely don't get a lot. And I think, especially now, since people, like, during the quarantine, I try not to mention quarantine too much because, like, you know, but during the quarantine, people are really kind of stuck inside. And on a pirate ship, you're stuck on a pirate ship literally for months. Yeah. Like, you literally just hang out with a bunch of sweaty dudes. <laughs> smelly. Hmm. Stinky. This sounds familiar. <laughs> Sick. And, like, everyone's out at sea. And, like, what else are you going to do? You know? Like, I, the only thing they have is singing, which is even, again, like, really big because, like, you, like people you don't understand or, like, don't think about all the time how impactful music is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these guys could bond not only over just a brotherhood but also through music and through their own emotions and stuff like that, that really like draws me to sea shanties at least for like that specific genre. It's just great. I think I, my favorite thing about sea shanties is the way they harmonize, mm-hmm. uh, especially I think, what are they? The Wellertons or something like that, or that it's become a meme. Like people are making parodies of it oh, now. So yeah, the Wellerman. Yeah, song. that one. Yeah. Yeah. What a great, the way they, they, the one guy comes in and then the other guys they start coming and they harmonize on top of each other. Yes. I can't get enough of that. Now that's like a nice, beautiful harmony. Like a lot of the sea shanty groups have nice, beautiful har- harmonies, but I like what I like about like a lot of the other bands that do it. They kind of like pull on the fact that these pirates were not good at singing. <laughs> Like, they're not. Like, they, they really are not good at singing because you're out there at sea. The salt from the water is, like, hitting your throat all the time. Like, your food is all, like, the food is mostly awful all the time. Unless you're on a really nice, like, tell me, like, 
<laughs> you're on a nice like profitable like pirate ship, but yeah. your food's probably bad and filled with bugs. And like the sea. Hey, that's wa- just protein, man. Don't knock yeah, the true. Bugs. True. Apparently, like so they have like these like cracker wafer things that yeah. they would eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, their bugs would get on like weevils. Is what they're called. Mm-hmm. The bugs, at least. And then they would literally eat them in the dark. So that they couldn't tell if there were bugs on it, just so they could eat it. Yeah, that's what they would do, which is really easy because there's not like like lights or stuff. So you right. like in the middle of the night, they're just like munching on crackers. Like I hope this one doesn't have bugs on it and just start eating. <laughs> I would, roulette. I, right I would say now, like if I was like in it, I would throw up. Yeah, I think I think I would not live very long. I'd like die within a week. I think a lot of them (laughs) didn't live very long. No, no, no. no. Yeah, scurvy. Yeah, pirate fights and getting arrested by the maritime police or whatever they had back then. Well, there wasn't really like it was mostly just like the royal like armies of the different countries, like like England and and Spain and France were just like putting up posts and bounties and like we need to catch these guys and other people are like and <laughs> boy, boy where's your pirate license uh, yeah exactly but yeah it's just like i know for sea shanties like i guess it just kind of grabbed on to me like dream pop and stuff grabbed onto you just at a certain time you just like kind of grabs on and you're like oh wow for some reason i like this a lot and mm-hmm. you just keep playing it i think it's the most unique show we have here at wicked really i, I mean it's only she shanties. That is true. Everyone else is doing like rap or alternative or underground hits or uh, classics, and then you're like, "Nah, screw that! I'm gonna do she shanties." <laughs> and I, I have you not run out yet? Well, what's crazy is like I haven't run out because there's so many bands that have so many different versions of the songs. Uh-huh. So like I have enough versions of the songs to keep playing the same because there's not there's not that many like different <laughs> songs but there's that many different bands yeah, to where you yeah, can yeah. keep doing it. But I know people sometimes complain because sometimes I come in here and it's like I just turn my brain off and just play the ones I want to listen to, uh-huh. which are always sometimes the same twenty. Right. <laughs> so right, people right, are right. like, "You always play the same ones." I'm like, "Cause that's because that's the ones I want to listen to. Those are the fun ones I like to sing when I'm in here by myself. Yeah. I don't know what else to tell you." I, I've done that on my show too. No one's complaining because I don't think anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think I think you have an interesting show. I've listened to a couple of times. It's just like like I would say it's definitely music. I don't know that I could like get into, but it's definitely something that is interesting to listen to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't think I could. I don't. I don't try to knock people off their music uh, taste. I mean, it's recently. You know, even I get. You know, I've played it so much. You know, listening for something new to put on the radio. It's like, it's like. I don't know. I guess the best way I can put it is the way um, Selfish Dreams, the guy from Greece who I had on, put it. He said, uh, it's kind of like a drug. Uh, you listen to it so much, you get desensitized, and you're always looking for the next big thing. Yeah. Yeah, shoegazes and dream pop and post-rock and all that stuff, it starts to sound really samey. So you start struggling and look for something that sounds different. So that's why I've started branching out to other stuff like mm-hmm. Japanese and Korean and other american western type uh indie alternative that's not necessarily noisy but something different yeah at least so um but i try i I always try to put some shoegaze or dream pop in the playlist uh that way i'm not you know kidding myself like oh this isn't the blur anymore because that's what the blur is blur of sound shoegaze is a blur of sound so it's not like i don't have to change my name to something else like the, the kind of blurry the kind of blurry the kind of blurry. i had <laughs> I, I named my playlist after my show titles and one of them's like blurish <laughs> yeah. so but the artists every all the artist series stuff 
I try to keep those as shoegaze or ambient or any near those genres as possible. I tried to get the antlers on uh, just because they're one of my all-time favorites, um, and they're not even close to their indie alternative mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I've tried to get – I know it's never going to happen, but I've emailed the Animal Collective uh, press guys trying to get them on the show. That's not going to happen. Um, but – yeah, artist series. I'll probably stick to the true nature of the blur because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they're uh-huh. the I don't know. I don't know. It's uh because if I don't, then I feel bad that it's not really the blur <laughs> anymore. Um, and you know things change. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, man. Well, I gotta say that's kind of our time for currently. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. Really for interesting conversation. Me. You do have a great show, and that's Fridays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right? Yes. The Blur. 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, um, and that's... Oh, he's counting? <sighs> Wait, if it's 8 o'clock in the morning <laughs> in America, it's 10 o'clock at night, that's a 14-hour t- difference, right? Because 12 eight plus o- 2. 8 o'clock in the morning, and then 10 o'clock at night? Yeah, it's 14 hours, right? Yeah. So... It's two thirty here. You have fourteen. I'm a mechanic, not a <laughs> not a well, mechanic. Well, I guess you do a military time is fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred plus fourteen is twenty eight. Twenty eight, which so cycles four thirty like in the morning. morning. <laughs> yes, we did it. Where we did it in Japan. Oh jeez. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh my god. Not that it matters, but. <laughs> Well, if someone's up listening to your show at four thirty in the morning, that's some dedication. My fiance. Oh, well, that's really probably, sweet. Probably, probably, not. probably, probably not. She was like, "You didn't send me the recording of your last show because <laughs> like, it wasn't good." <laughs> I don't care. I want to hear your voice. That's true. All right, man. Thank you for being on. This has been Behind the Board, and we are signing off.